have opportunity now to spend some time in that treasure map of God's Word, reading first of all from Acts uh, chapter uh, 2, beginning with verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of this fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured, for of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, 
both Lord and Christ. Thus far our reading of our first lesson. Our gospel lesson, also the basis for our message today, is from Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thus far our reading the Word of God. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Growing up, one of our family vacations took us to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. Starting in the 1920s with the help of money from people like John D. Rockefeller, the, the entire colonial town was restored back to what it looked like in the 17th and 18th centuries of our country's history as the capital of Virginia. And when you go into some of the shops or services, people are dressed in period dress similar to, to what we, we find uh, here at Connor Prairie. And one of the shops that we visited was a, was a blacksmith shop. And it just so happened that this big guy in leather pants was getting ready to turn a, a piece of straight steel into a horseshoe. And in order for that to happen, the fire had to be rekindled. And so he looked at me, and, and I don't know, I must have had a look on my face, but he says, come over here, young man. And he had me pump the bellows with my feet. And uh, as air hit those coals, an amazing thing happened. Sparks began to fly. You could just see that it was red hot. And then he took that piece of steel, and he put it in the flame, and, and first it turned red, and then it turned white, and he took it out, and he was able to mold it and make it into a horseshoe. Well, all that needed to happen was for that fire to be stoked, for oxygen to be made available. Well, today we are here on Trinity Sunday, and by God's grace, the Lord wants today to have us have our faith stoked. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes to the young pastor Timothy about having the, his faith fanned into flame. And that's what we hope happens today as we look again at who God is and how as a result of God being three yet one as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we can trust Him. And not only that we trust Him, but then we worship Him. We see God as Father the one who created us and all that exists. We see God as the Son, Jesus Christ, the one who went to the cross to pay the price for our sins and rise again on the third day. We see God as the Holy Spirit, the one who brings us to faith and then keeps us in that faith. But you know, a, a lot of people are surprised to find out that the word Trinity is never found in the Bible. In fact, Trinity comes from, as Pastor Dan explained in the, in the children's message, two Latin words, tri, meaning three, un, meaning one. Scripture presents God as one, but revealing himself in three different ways, or we say three different persons. 
Through the years, centuries, in fact, theologians have tried to find the proper words to explain the truth of the Trinity. Uh, And while the Trinity begs to be understood as one God and three persons, and while being critical to knowing this one God as the author of our salvation, the truth is not easy. It's not easy to understand, and it remains so complex. A famous pastor, A.W. Tozer, once phrased it this way. He said, the doctrine of the Trinity is truth for the heart. The fact that it cannot be satisfactorily explained instead of being against it is actually in its favor. Such a truth had to be revealed. No one could have ever imagined it. Be honest. We want a God that is controllable, easily defined and understood. There's part of us that absolutely despises not being in control. In fact, we desire a faith that is easy, that'll tell us this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. We want a God controlled by our logic, our reason. We want what C.S. Lewis once called a tame God. But a tame God created in our image is no God at all. Instead, what does Jesus do? Well, before he ascends, in our gospel lesson today, he tells his disciples that as they go out into the world, you need to know who I am. And I want you to speak the truth boldly of my love and baptize and teach in my name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here God reveals himself as anything but tame. In fact, in the Bible, God reveals himself as being holy, so different than us, sinless. To us, God may seem complex and full of paradoxes. You've thought about some of these questions. How in the world can God be three, yet one? Or how can Jesus, the very Son of God, be 100% man on one hand and yet 100% God on the other hand? How can God wash away our sins with simple water that is connected with the power of his word in holy baptism? Or how can God in holy communion, how can can the body and blood of Christ be given to us in, with, and under the simple bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins? Pretty complicated, isn't it? And it's ultimately a mystery in our minds. And while though we turn to the treasure map of God's Word, and as we do so, what does God do? The Holy Spirit reveals to us in His Word who He is as loving and merciful, and the one who desires to have a relationship with Him. Scripture clearly shows us a God who from eternity, and here you can do this. You know, we've been taught to make the sign of the cross to remember our triune God. And so if you would just take your hand, we say in the name of God the Father, and we point to our head because the Father who is our head made us and all that exists. We didn't get here by accident. And then we point to our flesh. The Word became flesh. That's Jesus became one of us. Only he was without sin. And what did he do? He went to the cross to bear our sins, to be that sacrificial lamb of God. 
And then on the third day to rise again and to defeat that sin as our Savior. And then we say in the name of the Holy Spirit and we point to our heart because it's the Holy Spirit that produces faith in our hearts and connects us to God so that we have that living relationship with Him. And then we go sideways to remind us that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to move out beyond ourselves to care and love for people as God loves us. What an awesome God we have. And the fact that he comes to bless us, to protect us, to save us, what does it cause us to do? It causes us to thank him, right? We praise you, O Lord. And the the thing that so many people get wrong about God and struggle so mightily with is that God didn't just make us robots so that we would follow his every command. No, he loved us. And in his mercy, he made us so that we could have a free relationship with him. God made us to be in fellowship with him. And in fellowship to the true triune God, we are called from God's word to do two things. First, we are called to trust him. A couple of weeks ago, my four-year-old granddaughter Elizabeth was helping me plant some little marigold seeds. And if you've ever planted marigold seeds, you know how tiny they are and how hard they are to hold on to. And I have to tell you, this little girl, this little granddaughter is so full of questions. And so we're planting them and she says, Grandpa, why are we planting these seeds? And I said, well, flowers are are really pretty, don't you think? They're going to be wonderful. And then she says, well, Grandpa, what will they look like? And I had the pack of seeds with the picture on the front. I says, they'll look like this. They'll be really pretty. Grandpa, how do these seeds grow into beautiful flowers like those in the picture? And all that starts to get a little tougher here. And I said, well, we put them in the ground and and in the soil there's nutrients and then uh, it, it gets water and it gets sunlight and it grows into a beautiful flower. Then, Grandpa, that's nice. But how does sunlight and water really cause these seeds to grow? (laughs) That's when you go to the ultimate answer. You say, well, Elizabeth, I guess that's just the way God planned it to be, right? There's so much that we don't understand about God and his plan for us and his will for us. And yet we acknowledge that he is almighty He is all-knowing. He is eternal, so different from us. And so rather than try to understand or know everything about God, he's given us just enough so that we can fully trust him. He's revealed to us, as Pastor Dan said, in in that treasure map of his word for us to have a trusting relationship with him. John says, these things have been written in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you may have life in his name. These things that refers to the treasure map of his word. The disciples just before Jesus ascended certainly did not comprehend or understand everything about the Lord or about his plan for their life. They didn't understand what it would mean as as he would call them to go into all the world and to make disciples of him, baptizing and teaching in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yet, they knew enough that after seeing their Lord do those miraculous signs and wonders, after they saw him give his life on the cross of Calvary, after they experienced the resurrection and, and Jesus personally, they knew that they could trust him. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has always been one of my favorites. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. No, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So friends, as we continue to face COVID-19 and the pandemic and the sickness and the death that that's caused, and now right alongside of that, now the senseless killing and racial divisions and violence that we are facing in our country, we wonder where we can turn. Jesus says to his disciples, the same that he says to you and me, he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And more than ever, as God's people, as sheep of his pasture, we trust him as our good shepherd who promises that we fear no evil and that he leads us in his paths of righteousness, even through the valleys of the shadows of death. We trust him. The second thing that God calls us to do is to worship him. In the Nicene Creed, the third article says, And I believe in the Holy Spirit, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified. And in the third creed, the third ecumenical creed of, of our confessions is called the Athanasian Creed. We don't say that often. It says, And the Catholic faith is this. Now, Catholic with a small c means universal for all time and for all people. The Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity. You see, as God comes to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we now respond as we worship Him. That's how we complete the relationship God gathers his people together, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, and made to be his children so that we might not only just stand in awe of him, but we would adore him. We praise him for who he is and what he has done as creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Yes, the treasure map of God's word reveals God's attitude toward us, especially his love. A love that is so incredible that we'll never be able to fully comprehend it or measure it. A love that would drive Jesus to die within sight of the temple and give his life for the very people who killed him. A love that is glorious, wonderful, amazing, and victorious. And yet even though we cannot fully understand God's love or put it into words, we can bask in it as we worship him. We can rejoice in God's awesome love and give thanks to Him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, today we worship the tr same triune God that the prophet Isaiah saw seated high and exalted on the throne with the train of His robe filling the entire temple and the seraphs calling out one to another, Holy, 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Together by the grace of the Holy Trinity, one day we will be welcomed into our eternal home alongside of believers of every nation and every tribe and, and every tongue and every time. And we will be home with a God who defies description except for the clues that we've given in the treasure map of the Holy Scriptures. So here, O people of God, the Lord your God is one, the Father, 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And may the peace of God, which like his triune nature is beyond all comprehension, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.